start. They're into the home straight now. Slip the Hundy leads the way. Slip the Hundy in front. General Montana fights on. Deeper, classy Washington. Ryan's gangster trying to force clear. It's still Slip the Hundy. He's in front. He'll win again. Slip the Hundy. Too good. Slip the Hundy. Ryan's gangster. Classy. Yeah, he wins a lot. Slip the Hundy. But this is a terrific race. So that horse will be going in at a feature meeting at Albion Park on Saturday night. This Queensland Sun. I was just going through some of the horses, Chris. Gee, isn't there some form going into it? Good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Queensland trained horses only competing in this spot. So that will guarantee Queensland have two runners in next week's feature, the Group 1 Rising Sun, because as we know, Leap to Fame, the star three-year-old, last start winner of the Group 1 New South Wales Derby, already invited and accepted. So there will be a minimum of two Queensland trained horses because the winner of this race is guaranteed a start. And what a race it is. You just look at that numerical form against the... Uh, uh, the, the the names of the horses there, and it's outstanding. So Manila Playboy banks up, fresh from his victory in the patron's purse at Recliffe. Hemsworth was placed behind Manila Playboy in that race. Uncle Shanks won his pass too. Of course, he was placed in that uh, scintillating trial behind Rip recently at Albion Park. Big Wheels was a first-up winner, and there's a number of other uh, quality performers there. Tim's a trooper who won the Recliffe Derby, a three-year-old here. He starts some moment somewhere, slipped a hundy, so... This is going to be a, a very exciting race. 2,138 metres, same distance as the Rising Sun. So uh, it's a very strong program. That free-for-all is also very, very good. So uh, looking forward to the next four Saturday nights at Albion Park because there is going to be so much star power on display. Our first guest is ready, Chris. Well, Michelle Phillips and John Bulldog Nicholson, they were in the winner's circle last Saturday night at Redcliffe. They were able to take out the feature the, for the first time the Reckliff Cup at Group 1 level and they had the favourite and they had the winner. Seb's Choice leading all of the way in that stand start feature over 2,613 metres and he was able to get the job done beating Northview Hustler and Captain Crusader. Both John Bulldog Nicholson and Michelle Phillips join me now. Guys, congratulations. Hi Chris, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks mate. Cool. You've lost him. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we're there. Okay, so what a thrill for you, Michelle, because that was your first Group One victory on Saturday night. Yeah, it was, it was a very big thrill and one not to forget. Yeah, absolutely. You were quite emotional after the race for a number of different reasons. Winning a Group One race is is you know a big deal. There's no doubt about it. But this horse, he's really special for you. No, he's a little ripper of a horse and, um, yeah, one that I've got a bond with, pretty good bond with, and that I'll never um, probably get again from someone else. Bulldog, I've got to ask the question. Uh, you, you had this guy primed for this race because he equaled the track record in his first look at Recliffe the week before. So confidence levels, just from your viewpoint, must have been pretty sky high because you couldn't have had him any better on the night. No, nah, Chris, it was, yeah, it was about a three-month plan to come and win that Redcliffe's Cup, and it paid off. So that was what I come for, and we done it, and, yeah, it was good. And she cries I've after got... a C1 race at Mildura, too. So oh, I didn't. She cries after every win. Don't... She's very emotional. <laughs> I've got to ask you. Of crap. I've... <laughs> I've got to ask you, Bulldog, when did you feel confident? Once Michelle got him away and he was in front, did you think, that was, you know, pretty much game, set, match, or were you still worried about a few of your rivals in that race? 
Uh, not, not the way he went the week before, Chris. He's like the, 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 the clock. He, they would have to smash the clock to beat him. And on the line, actually, he was going away from him again on the line. So, no, I was pretty confident. Yeah. And, Michelle, were you surprised that you got such an easy time in front? The lead time 79-2, which is about average, probably a, a little worse than average. But the first half was in 63 seconds. You must have been pretty happy with yourself a long way out there. Yeah, and no, I was pretty happy that um, the challenges didn't come early. Um, so I was happy to just run our own race and dictate the terms until the pressure got put on. Well, the pressure came in that back straight, 27-1 down the back. At the top of the straight, how were you feeling with Seb's choice? I was still pretty confident. 28-7 on the way home. The cavalry was coming thick and fast, but uh, as Bulldog outlined, he was actually coming away again on the line, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, as you can see, he's honest and he tries his hardest and doesn't give in. So, And I knew knew from past experiences with him that he's always going to try. And even at the top of the straight, he didn't, he didn't feel like he was going to um, stop. So... Yeah. The first Victorian trained winner of the Reckliff Cup since 1999, I think it was. I think Slyby was the last winner trained by a Victorian-based trainer. So you guys have recreated a little bit of history there with Seb's Choice taking out the 2022 edition. And you've got history because that was the first time the race was at Group 1 level. Uh, it was a perfect night in many ways because LB2 chain started the night uh, with a victory. Is no surprise given how well he went the previous week in the patrons' purse. So it was a great night all round. Yeah, it was all all good. It was, a, it was actually well. I declared them both actually. I thought they'd both win and they both won. And when when you can do that, it's a good day. Yeah. Will they both be nominated for the Rising Sun next week, Bulldog? Yeah, they're both nominated. If uh, if they get a run, well, we'll see what happens. Well, Seb's choice is a guaranteed starter being a last-star Group 1 winner. But just with LB2 chains, he's he's a little underrated, this guy. And his win there on Saturday night was good. He, he can follow speed. He can dictate turns like he did there on Saturday night and peel off quick uh, sectionals. So he, he's not going to be out of a race like the Rising Sun he's if he gets my, that start. Yeah, well, Chris, he's been my pick of the horses all along since I broke him in as yearlings. He was always my pick. And he still is. I think this time next year you'll see a real, real horse with him. You know, he's he's still very, he's still very immature. He looks you know, he looks the part, but um, he's still got a long way to go. He's he's on the way up. Where Seb's choice is taking the next step, and I, I, he's going to be well. He's a Group One winner now, and he's only had twenty something starts, not much. And I've looked after him since they were babies. But I've missed a lot of the good horses and missed a lot of good races just to make sure we've got horses for the future and. Hopefully, we have the way it's going. Yeah, and obviously, the owners, the Higgs family, raised both horses. They've been really patient. They've just followed your advice all the way through yeah. because uh, they, they they haven't really, um, you know, challenged and, and pushed for a lot of those big races like you said no, that you could have no, targeted. No, but, uh, no, well, well, they're like my family, the Higgses. They're they're like they're like my own kids, and he just lets me run the race and wherever I want to go and what I want to do, we do. It's not even a, no no questions. Were they all trackside on Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one was, and a couple of the, the boys were. Little Sebastian, he, well, he actually owns him. <laughs> and that's what he's named after, his uh, Sammy's son, Sebastian. And, okay. uh, yeah, they were there. Uh, they'll be all there if they get a run in that rising sun. 
Yeah. Now let's talk about the rising sun. We've got four horses that have been invited. So the two three-year-olds, Leap to Fame, Rip, and then we've got the two Victorians in Ladies in Red and Better Eclipse. How do you think your guys are going to measure up against those those types? Well, every time we've we've met them a couple of times and they've beaten us, but every time we've copped the bad barrier and they've gone straight to the fence and we've had the ordinary run. So I just think if we get the right run on them, we'll, we'll, we'll give them something. Yeah. We'll and, and that race is yeah, that, that race is going to generate a lot of pressure, isn't it? So that's going to suit both of your horses. Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I, I the, the way the format is, I think the three-year-olds are going to draw better than the four-year-olds, aren't they? I, I, I'm not really yeah. sure, but it's going to be very hard because those three-year-olds are exceptional. You know, it's yeah, going to be hard yeah, yeah. horses out the back to get really unless that, unless they go mad in it, which I hope they mm. do. Well, they did last year, so there's every chance they'll uh, they'll repeat that again this year. Yeah, that'll be good fun. <laughs> they can run. <laughs> now, ladies, though. yeah, pardon. I wanted to get your thoughts, Bulldog, just on ladies in red. Uh, you, you've seen her right throughout her career. How, how yeah. good is this mare? You know, there's comparisons with Taylor Made Lombo and the likes. How good yeah, is she? She's an absolute superstar. She's very, very good, and she trialed the other day. In, some ridiculous time. She ran 27-something, 26 home. She's she's exceptional. She's a great mare. And she'll be she'll be cherry ripe on the night. I'll give you the tip. Okay. Okay. But your boys are enjoying life in Queensland. They're here. They're settled. Well, they're acclimatised. So. They're, they're loving it. They're doing well. They're, they've done what they will. It's, 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 the pressure's all off now, Chris. Like with The race I wanted to win, we won. So now whatever happens, happens. You know, we... Hang in here through July for the good races and see what happens if they're good enough. Well, the horses are thriving. Are you thriving? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Michelle is. I don't know about me. She's thriving. She's fell in love up there. Everything's happening for her. Well, Michelle's got every right to be excited because she's had, what, four drives, three wins, and she was unlucky running fourth in the patrons' purse. So you can't really ask for much more. Yeah, no, no, everything's good, mate. Everything's great. All right. Well, congratulations for that success there on uh, Saturday night, uh, claiming the first Thanks, ever Chris. Group 1 Reckless Cup with Seb's Choice and LB2 Chain scoring. Looking forward to seeing both these horses the following week in the Rising Sun. Thanks very much, mate. Thanks, Chris. There's John Bulldog Nicholson and Michelle Phillips. They were victorious on Saturday night, taking out the cup. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Seb's choice at Albion Park in that rising sun because uh, he is absolutely flying at the moment and um, he's going to be a real player. But as Bulldog outlined, the barrier draw is going to be crucial. So that will take place, Steve, next Monday yeah. night. And I'm sure that's going to be broadcast on Sky as well. So you'll be able to see it firsthand, the barrier draw and... Uh, as we know, as Bulldog outlined, the two three-year-olds get the first choice. They'll have gates one and two, you would expect. And then ladies in red, if she's the only mare, she's going to get gate three. She beat the stable mate too, didn't she, Joanne, in that, that recent trial. I'll just pick up the closing stages of the Redcliffe Cup before our next guest, Chris. The passing lane, LL Cool J heads the rest, then Northview Hustler. They're into the home straight. Roll for Seb's Choice. Seb's Choice in front. Max Shard driving. Captain Crusader, Northview Hustler. Turn it up out late, charging. Seb's Choice in front. Takes it. Seb's Choice all the way. Seb's Choice from a photo. Yeah, that was Redcliffe big night Saturday night. Chris, our next guest, Chloe Butler, is joining us chat with Chloe this morning. She's got a couple of key drives tonight at Rickliffe, but I noticed across the weekend uh, you'd expect her to see 
uh, Chloe competing at Albion Park and uh, at a few other tracks, maybe the Marburg meeting on the Sunday, but there was no Chloe Butler at either meeting. And then I looked a little deeper and she just scooted down to Parks and had a drive down there. So I just wanted to find out a little bit more about that little quick trip south of the border. She joins us on now uh, online now, Chloe. Good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Now, let me see if I've got this right. Did you scoot down to, to Parks, have a drive there, but were you there more so to make sure that you were part of that magical moment for Steve Turnbull when he trained his 4,000th winner? Yeah, I thought I'd go down. It was my, my army surprise 40th on the Sunday, so I thought I'd go down and had a drive on Saturday. I had a few more early, but um, we had a few truck issues on the way there, so I missed out on the first two, but I still got the last one. Okay, okay. So in the end, it was a perfect weekend for you. The, the, the Arnie's 40th, plus being there when Steve trained that 4,000th winner. Yeah, that's the best win I've definitely seen in my career. I had a few tears. Yeah, I, I'm sure you weren't alone there because uh, I, I'm sure there would have been a big plan there for the Turnbulls and, uh, you know, seeing Steve reach that milestone would have been very special. Yeah, it was really special. And for Mitchell to get his 400th driving win, that was really great to see. Yeah, and just outlining, uh, your dad, Jack, who trains here in, in Brisbane, uh, you guys have got a really close bond with, with both Steve and Jenny. Yeah, definitely. They're family, so it's very good. Absolutely. So when did you get back? Did you come back Monday? Yeah, I got back Monday afternoon. Had a bit of a plane delay, but I got back. <laughs> you finally made it back, so that's good to see. And uh, you've got a couple of drives tonight that I wanted to ask about. I'm Jimmy James in this first race. Going well, he's been unplaced in his past couple, but is this a race that he can take? I thought so. Um, you know, he has, he didn't try really hard the last start, but it's a little dropping grade for him, and he's definitely not out of it. Mm. And the other thing that stands out with I'm Jimmy James, he's got a really good record at Redcliffe. Yeah, exactly, and he's got a really good sprint on him too, so the two, uh, the three barrier wouldn't doesn't really help bit of a sticky barrier but I guess we're just going to have to go back and drive him for luck. Okay 1780 is that is that his pet distance or do you prefer him over a little bit longer? Uh, I don't think it really worries him but I think if they roll along and that's how he likes it best so if it's a consistent speed the whole way he should be right. Okay well he's a good winning chance I'm Jimmy James. Your stable star steps out in race two my alderman Bondi. He's chasing four in a row. Can he achieve that tonight? I mean, he's going good enough to achieve that, but I think Golden Sand will be hard to beat. If we can beat it to the fence early and then get a nice trip on its back, then I think he'll go straight past it up straight, but he'll just have to see how it all works out. Yeah. With Golden Sand being in the race, you're guaranteed it's going to be run at a frantic tempo. Yeah, exactly right. But with my alderman Bondi, uh, he, he's absolutely flying. Uh, is he the stable star for you? Most definitely. Definitely helped he's the stable a... up the past few months. They've all been spelling and he's come back a different horse this time in, so it's good to see. So what do you put that down to then? Uh, I, I mean, he's going he's the best he ever has before, so he's definitely up there as one of my best horses I've trained. Yeah. I know he's, well, he's won three. Sunday nights and everything, but he's earning money, and that's the main thing. 
Yeah, well, he's won three from six so far this season. He's won seven overall. But uh, as you said, he's going better than ever right now with uh, three straight victories and a, and a great chance of making it four in a row. Uh, does he do anything special at home on the track? Pardon? Does he do anything special at home on the track? No, he's, he's actually really, he's really quiet at the races. He can pop in a few funny ones every now and again, but at home he's really good. Uh, the the other stable star that I've been wanting to find out where he's at, the trotter, Air I Go, is, is he back in work? Yeah, he's had a couple of trials. I haven't been overly happy with him at the moment, so I'm going to get him looked at this week and just see what happens. But hopefully he's not too far away. Last prep, he was really good, beating up on the paces on a few occasions. I'll ask this question. Ha- have we seen the best of Air I Go, or is there still a little bit more to come with him? I think he's still got a little bit more to offer. I think he's just got to find his manners. I took him out to Redcliffe last week for a trial and he just fired up a bit too hard on me and went a bit rough. And, yeah, it was just had no manners. I guess he was just a bit fresh, but I think he's still got a little bit more to offer. OK. Does he still come back on a on a fairly light mark or is he starting to creep up in class now? I think against the paces, he's starting to creep up. It's getting a little bit hard. But um, I think hopefully there seems to be a lot more um, mobile trots. So hopefully we can get into a few of them. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing him in the coming weeks. Here I go. And your other drive tonight, you picked up the drive here for Grand Dixon, Vanity Bay and race three. So it's nice and early. You've been looked after tonight. Races yeah. one, two, three. Uh, Vanity Bay, unfortunately, has gate six. What are the, what are the chances here, you think? It'll, she'll definitely win one very soon. She's just had poor barriers ever since coming over and I think you know once she gets a good draw and a win she'll be definitely be up there okay my alderman Bondi is he your best drive tonight I definitely think so just if everything works out how I want it to I think he will be right, well he is hoping he can bring up four in a row Chloe really appreciate the time best of luck tonight Thank you. Chloe Butler joining us this morning on Mobile Rolling. Chris, just on that race tonight, Chloe's drive there by Bondi is $4 tab fixed, chasing four in a row as was touched on. But that was extraordinary, the performance of that golden sand. We, last start, like I watched the race and I thought, well, this horse is going to get run over. It was like, just I thought, well, it's gone too hard, but yet it kicked in one. I, I, can it repeat it, I suppose, is the question. It's $2, golden sand. Can Steve because the horse that had beat last week, Uptown Beach Girl, was really impressive winning yesterday. So that form line's been franked, and that was a fairly handy race that Uptown Beach Girl won yesterday. So if it goes like it did last week, it is going to take a power of beating. You know, it's going to go forward, it'll adopt similar tactics to what uh, they uh, went with uh, last week. It's going to roll along at a really genuine speed. But as Chloe said, if she can find the spot behind Golden Sand, she's fairly confident. So that should be an interesting race, that one. It'll be well worth watching because it might be like mm. no rogue-like tactics out in front for Golden yeah. Sand. So was it going as fast as it appeared to the eye in some of those quarters, Golden Sand, last time? Yeah, they were moving. They were moving yeah. along in that race, and um, uh, it, it was very impressive. So, uh, like I said, if it can do what it did uh, last week, um, it's going to take no end of beating. They went 27-4-29, so 56 4 First half there last week. They got tied on the way home, 29-3 and then 31-5. But the damage was done early and, uh, you know, rivals were gas chasing it. And it's still scored by a clear-cut margin. So he's got ability. Mm, race two this evening. Shane Graham's with us. Shane, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. 
firstly, just on the Rickliffe Cup last week, uh, turn it up. Um, he was unlucky. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, was sort of landed pretty close at the start and everything seemed good. But, uh, yeah, we just didn't have much luck over the concluding stages. So, he, um, you know, he didn't have a hard run. So, that's always a positive. Just looking back, if you hold the breeze with Turn It Up when Max Shard come, how does that race play out in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. Like, um, it was probably, you know, uh, if I did hold out, I suppose it all depends what sort of Luke decided to do, being out three wide, whether he sort of was happy to sit there or if he just kept the pressure on, you know. Um, uh, yeah, I guess we'll never know, so we won't worry about it. Yeah, and were you surprised how moderate the time was in that race? Like, here we were in lead-up thinking that, you know, with this big field, it's going to generate a heap of pressure and they'll break the track record, all that sort of stuff. In the end, it was anything but. They just went so steady, 63 first half, all the power at the back end. Were you surprised by that? Yeah, I was a little bit, but, you know, it's sort of uh, probably with the, the bit of a shambles at the start and a few of them missed away pretty bad and, you know... Um, and then when the fave did sort of begin so good and get straight across to the front, I suppose, you know, there was sort of nothing there to, to put any pressure on. So I did think it would be more of a genuine run race because on paper it looked such a good field. But, um, you know, that's that's the way some races pan out at times. There's been plenty of talk about the other start and stand starts in particular. What's your view on stand starts? Yeah, I, I think they're good, like, you know, and I think there is a place for them. Um, I, I just sort of, personally, I think, you know, um, we should try and do away with the second line because, you know, like when you've got a front 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 row and then a second row, then a 10-metre tape, there's just no, no room for error for those front horses. They've got to be right up on the tape from the get-go and the second line, they're jammed in a little bit, you know, and... They're not motor cars, so they don't just stay in their park spot. So I think if um, going forward, you know, we probably, if we can do away with second line, whether that's, um, you know, might make the handicapping a little bit sort of harder to work out, you know, but um, I, I think if we can uh, get around that and just, you know, have a front 10, 20, 30, 40, so on, we'd be a lot better off. Mm. It's a valid point that you raised there because you sort of just jammed in like sardines and that was the case there on Saturday night. And then you're expecting these horses that are all, you know, all jacked up, ready to go for a big group one race. And then you're expecting them to stand there and be like statues. It's almost impossible. So with that little bit of room, that would certainly help. What about the tape itself? Do we need to have that strand coming across or is that just a little too far? Yeah, no, I think I think we do need that that tape coming across, you know, just so you do do just um, you know, everyone is on their mark and you know it's not no one's going to get an unfair unfair start. So um yeah, it's um we do need that and we um yeah, we probably just I think just other ways to get around it. Okay. The other horse that I wanted to ask from last Saturday night for you is the mare, Scarlet Babe. Uh, your thoughts on her effort? Nah, very disappointing. Um, yeah, no, I was I was very disappointed with her. Um, she uh, she was very revved up and got on the bit, and uh, and then I sort of made that mid race move, just trying to get her to 
to drop the bit, you know, but uh, she was pretty disappointing. But um, we've uh, taken a blood test of her and there was a few little things not quite right. So hopefully um, Saturday week, you know, she, she should be a lot better. All right. But it is an uphill battle by the sound of it. Yeah, no, it probably, you know, it's nothing major, you know. I'm, I'm just hoping, um, you know, a bit to the track, you know, she's had one start there, but she can sort of hang sometimes at Elvin. So I think, you know, the hanging possibly could have been Redcliffe and just with her blood's not been 100%, but um, hopefully it's nothing too, too, too major. Sure. Interesting horse on Saturday night in the Wandai's Mate Open, a horse that we know well. He's back, Mac Da Vinci. When did he arrive back? Uh, yeah, he got back um, earlier last week. So um, he uh, he was meant to, uh, he raced in the Trua and then was uh, meant to come up after that. But uh, it was just a little bit hard getting transport. Um, so he, he had another week down there. But yeah, he's been back um, since last week. So he didn't draw the best. But um, yeah, no, he's, he's a nice horse and... Yeah, but he'll have to be in saying that. Yeah, he's got the visitors draw gate seven over the mile. But condition-wise, how does he look? Yeah, no, he doesn't look too bad. He, um, you know, like being a stallion and that, he always holds himself well in that. But uh, he's probably, um, yeah, no, he looks all right. So when he was up here, the longer he was here, the better he got. So hopefully uh, that's the case again. Well, that, that's the way I'm sort of hinting here. Is he in that same sort of nick as what he was last year when, you know, he was so good during that summer carnival period? Yeah, he's he's probably, um, yeah, he mightn't be quite there, but um, I I just hope, like, he uh, he's had a good break and he um, last year sort of, it was a bit of a rush prep to come up here for the, for the big race and it wasn't till after the big races he, he really started to fire, so... This time in, he's had that spell, and he, um, yeah, we're hoping he's just arrived up and does buy the big ones. He'll be right to go. So, have you got enough time between now and those big ones? Races like the Garrard Sunshine Sprint, the Tab Black, to fake to have him one hundred and ten percent ready to go? Yeah, I hope so. Um, his, his work seems good, and that like each each workout, he's got better, and that so. Uh, you know, Saturday night will be a good guide to, to where he is and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, like, he uh, he he is, a, you know, we know how good he is, so he should get better with each run. Without preempting too much, are you likely just to drift back and hopefully he, he attacks the line and pleases? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know what it's like um, when you're drawn seven over a mile there, you know, unless unless you've got turn it up skate speed, it's, it's very hard to go forward. So he, um, he's he got gate speed, but not that sort of acceleration. So I'd, I'd imagine we'll probably have to just go back and, and try and get it, work into it at some stage. Yeah, the free-for-alls are just loaded at the moment with all these other horses coming up from down south. So uh, they're very competitive races. But just looking at it, you've got a nice... Uh, three-strike combo there between Turn It Up, LL Cool J and Mac Da Vinci back in the barn. Uh, there's a bit of power to work with. Yeah, no, I'm, no, I'm very happy to, to have those three, you know. Like, um, you'd be happy to have one, one of them, let alone three. So, uh, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, it's good to have. And, and they're all, um, yeah, quality horses that, you know, with the right trips, they can feature in these big races. 
Mm. You, you go around more than most. Uh, the tracks right now, Mark Belford out at Redcliffe and Tony Turbin at Albion Park, that they seem like they're in razor-sharp order. We saw a track record there on Saturday night, the final race of the night, Sam is perfection. And then that trial session, you were part of that trial session there on, on Monday, and I cast no shadow in 1.49. The tracks must be razor-sharp. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely Mark and Tony. You know, they do a great job. Um, the tracks, both tracks have got a beautiful cushion on them, you know, like they're not they're not one bit hard. And, you know, obviously um, the fast times, you know, that reflects on how good the tracks are. Okay. Well, appreciate the time tonight. Just looking at your drives tonight as well. Our Artie Ash, is, is she the standout for you with that inside draw? Yeah, it looks like she's going to get a chance. Um, she was terrific last start you know, copping plenty of pressure and whatnot, and she only went down narrowly. So um, from that draw around Redcliffe, she looks probably the hardest to beat. Okay, you got quite a few drives there, but uh, she was one that stood out uh, just on that last start performance. She was really brave there, so with that inside gate, she's going to take plenty of beating. Really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There's Shane Graham joining us. He's got a big milestone birthday coming up uh, later this week as well, uh, Shane Graham. So we wish him all the best there. Darren Clayton joins us each and every Wednesday morning. He's online now. Darren, good morning. Good morning, Chris. The tracks are on fire. Track record, Saturday night, that trial on Monday, which was just stunning. So uh, I I think it's only a a matter of time over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Officially, that track record will go at Albion Park, given what we've got on Saturday night. There's a chance it even may go there on Saturday night. But over the next couple of weeks, it's only going to get harder and stronger. Yes, certainly is. They are absolutely flying. And not only... uh, an overall track record at the the 1780 at Redcliffe on uh, Saturday night there. There was also uh, three age or or class records fell by the wayside as well. So um, not just uh, all all horses are going quick there. Tardelli set a a two-year-old 1780-metre record there and Amore Vita, uh, I know the Phillies don't race over the the 2,280 that it is there at Redcliffe much, but uh, she broke a record that stood since 2000. Who held that previous record, do you know? Uh, it was a, a filly by the name of Van Yana in a in a Racing Minister's Cup heat or, or similar to that. Um, yeah, back in, back in June 2000, so, or April 2000, sorry. So a, a 22-year-old track record uh, or class record to, to Amore Vita. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Mark Litchworth, Gary Whitaker with a combo with Van Yana. Yeah, uh, I think you're pretty much on the money there. I, I remember seeing Gary Whitaker was in the race. Maybe he didn't drive it. I'll, I'll go back and check that one. But uh, okay. yeah, it was definitely Mark Litchworth because I think it was, uh, like I said, a, a feature heat race or something. And um, yeah, but uh, I'll check that up as we're going along here and see what I can come up with. All right. Now, Seb's Choice was able to take out the cut, but Rising Sun on Saturday week. We've got the inaugural running of the Queensland Sun this Saturday night. It's really starting to take shape now, this Rising Sun. Firstly, Rip was out of the money there on Saturday night in the Reckliff Derby. Leap to fame's going into the race fresh. Do you think a three-year-old can win the Rising Sun in 2022? Uh, I, would, I, would, I was pretty 
um, pretty confident on Rip going into the race, but uh, after that, I know he hasn't handled the track at Redcliffe. It'll be a, a different story once he gets to Albion Park. But the, just the other little bit of concern I do have with him now is perhaps just the, the distance. Um, he, he hadn't travelled beyond a, a mile uh, or, or the equivalent going into that uh, Redcliffe race there last week. So not only has he hadn't handled the track, but the distance rise... Just perhaps a little bit of a nagging concern there. I think Leap to Fame's up to it. He trialled well on Monday. Um, I don't think if uh, if he wasn't up to it, I don't think it'd be the type of race that uh, that Grand Dixon would be going into fresh up. And um, he certainly had plenty of opportunities in races leading into the race where he could have gone around. So uh, I think it's a pretty pointed. Um, decision to go in there fresh and, and what he can achieve out of that and um, depending where he draws or which barrier they, they decide to, to choose because that that is obviously the case uh, they, they get to choose their early barriers so if he's sort of one of the first ones out he gets the right trip well um, he's certainly right in it so I certainly think a three year old can win it uh, I just think their task perhaps is now maybe looking a little bit tougher Okay. Now, with the Queensland Sun on Saturday night, I'm not going to ask for a selection yet. I'm going to hold until Friday for that. But were you at all surprised with the depth of this race? Uh, as I said, inaugural edition, $50,000 up for grabs, Group 2, win a guaranteed start with a rising sun. But when that bill was uh, released on Monday night, I was sort of shocked, but pleasantly shocked. Uh, that That is just loaded, that race. Yeah, it's certainly... Um, I know we've, we've spoken about in you know the previous uh, few weeks and, and months leading up to here of, of how strong we've all thought the three-year-old depth of the three-year-old Colts and Geldings is in Queensland. Well, to see only uh, two of them go around in this race, uh, or three, we always have faith, but he's out the back with a with an OD embargo. But um, how strong the three-year-old depth is, yet we only see two of them here in Tim's the Trooper and Class to the Max. But then you see what those other horses are. Like you say, it's uh, sort of surprises that snuck up on me a little bit of how much depth we really do have, even in those four-year-old ranks here in Queensland. And um, interesting to note that the TAB market that's already out for the race and um, already been some strong support from Manila Playboy. Well, he was very impressive taking that patron's purse. I'll get your thoughts on Saturday night's program when we chat again on Friday. Let's find a winner for tonight's big 10-race program. Action gets underway at 5.22. What is your best bet at Redcliffe tonight? Yeah, I thought um, it's a horse with you and uh, Steve had already mentioned this morning. Race two, horse number five, Golden Sand. Um I thought it just it sets up for him to just do what he did last time. He can roll forward, get up uh, near the front end, and just keep them rolling, keep them chasing. So uh, I didn't think uh, anything could be able to get out of the pack and run him down. I thought if Miles Bondi gets across um, Beef City Blaze in the early stages, well, uh, I think that puts Beef City Blaze out of play, and he was the one that I thought could sit. Uh, on the back of Golden Sand and maybe issue a challenge. But I thought Golden Sand, uh, I think he's even money at the moment with the tab. And I think uh, yours for theirs is pretty good for this guy. And not only last start at Redcliffe where he, he did that uh, 
sort of power running display out in front. His runs previous had been really strong. He was enormous in defeat at Marburg a few runs back and then um, put on a, a big performance at Albion Park for a win um, in slick time, sort of that front running going. So I, I think he's a good bet. Race two, horse number five, Golden Sand. Okay, and you're right. Even money currently with Tab. Anything else stand out of that meeting tonight? Yeah, I thought uh, if we wait a little bit later in the card, um, I think uh, race nine, horse number nine, Emmeline, it's a maiden race. and um, But this mare, she's getting closer to a win. I think she can get it tonight. Um, she's been runner-up her past three. I think uh, she can get the right trip here and it's not an overly strong maiden race. And, and I think she can finish over the top just given a little bit of space, uh, looks good for her. So race nine, number nine, Emmeline. Okay, daughter of Guaranteed, chasing that Q-bred bonus. 2.20 currently with Tab Emmeline in that uh, ninth race tonight. Throw some numbers at me for the quaddy. Yeah, so firstly, John Rod, he's been in super form at Redcliffe and um, he's out for four on the trot from gate two. He looks hard to beat. Rose is a sweet. She's a bit of a query runner, but looks set to be buried away. If she gets any space, she's certainly a big big danger. And number one, buck the system. He's certainly got the gate and the options there. So one, two, seven, that first leg. The second leg... Um, Going against the market a little bit, I thought number five, Regal Nightshade, might uh, just be able to, to run a race here. He's had two runs back from a spell now. He's had a second-line gate, and then gate six draws wide again, but I thought it was a, the right race for him. Number nine, she reacts. She gets back to Redcliffe. She's been campaigning at Albion Park. Um, can do some work in a race, so might expect her to get around and into the action early. Number seven, Moonlight Butcher, will get a nice run in behind the speed um, and can certainly chime in. So five, seven and nine in the second leg. The third leg, I uh, thought this looked a race in two uh, between the one and the seven. Remember Eve, uh, she's three for three at Redcliffe, has been running at Albion Park of late, gets back and gate one. Number seven, Chasing Dreams in super form, probably gets the perfect trip on the back of Remember Eve. So um, leader behind Lena, leader plays what I'm hoping for there. So one and seven. And in the final leg, I thought this was a little bit of a tricky race, the final leg. I've got number four, Joey Lincoln on top. Just think it sets up right for him here. Just ease back and come with one run. Teacher's Pets in super form. Number one, Forgive Me, um, is going well. Will get will be suited by the improved gate, that's for sure. Number five, Cheddar made better, might just be another swooper that can um, join in on the closing stages. So one, four, five, and nine in the closing leg. Okay, so one, four, five, and nine in that closing leg, and that will be a grand total of seventy-two dollars for a hundred percent. So first leg one, two, seven, then five, seven, nine, one, and seven, one, four, five, nine in that final leg. Best bet comes through as race two. That's number five, Golden Sand. And Darren's also keen on race nine at number nine, Emmeline. Uh, just quickly, uh, before we uh, wrap it up this morning, guys, um, nasty incident yesterday at Albion. Race three, ultimately abandoned. Uh, Leonard Kane taken to hospital. Uh, he was discharged uh, late last night. Um, just a, a little bit of back pain, but there's no... No issues, there's no fractures or breaks or anything like that. So that's really good. He's obviously not going to be driving over the next couple of days, uh, but that's good. Uh, Nathan Dawson had a bit of a sore arm, but he fulfilled his engagements. Pete McMullen had a sore back. He fulfilled his engagements, and Mark Ducks was stood down 
Well, he, he took himself off, but I think he is down to drive Regal Nightshade tonight, Darren. So he had a little bit of a back issue soreness as well. So nasty there, but um, luckily that uh, all drivers were able to escape with uh, with no injuries. Our, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with uh, Ben Battle and his connections as well. Um, the Tubbs-Sugars combination, they fly in on Friday morning. So they're three horses coming up, Better Eclipse, Triple Eight, and uh, moments like these. Uh, so they arrive early on Friday morning. And at this stage, Amore Vita won't be amongst nominations for the Rising Sun. We'll try and track down Nathan Purden tomorrow and we'll get that confirmed. But uh, at this stage, she won't be amongst nominations for the Rising Sun after that brilliant performance in the Reckliff Oaks there last Saturday night. And uh, just on a couple of the trotters, just from down south, Maori Law, the Inter-Dominion champ, he was back at the trials on Monday night at Melton. Just followed them around, so he's going to have a, another couple of trials before they look for a return. Parisian Artis was at the trials as well the other night. And Rikiro Blaze, who's now with Andy Gap, also stepped out in a trial. So we'll watch with interest with those trials there. But uh, things are starting to get uh, interesting and can't find a better man yesterday, uh, Darren. Surely Queensland Derby's got, a, got to be a, a target race for him. Yeah, certainly was. It was a, a good win by him. It just pulled back early from that inside gate, inside second line gate, didn't want to get pocketed and, and the way he come round them really, really good. So uh the McCarthy's looked to have a, another string to their bow in their strong stable and uh he, he looked really impressive yesterday. So um yeah, like you say, Derby Derby bound for him you would expect. So uh, they'll have another strong hand in, in the carnival. Just going back to Van Yana, you were right. It was Mark Litchwark, Gary Whitaker combination. Uh, Gary Whitaker took the took the race with a claim, according to the results. Yeah. So a bit would have been early on in Gary's career there. Very much so, very much so. Darren, really appreciate the time as always. Looking forward to the chat on Friday when we do all the form talk for Albion Park Saturday night. Yes, yeah, plenty to get through as well.